Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Ardana Osman, here with my friend and Chabrita Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Moed Katan, Dab Chav Dalad, page 24. Before we get into this daf, I really just think it's important to acknowledge this is a hard daf. Um, it deals with probably the worst part of any of the halachot of mourning, which is the halachot around the death of an infant, and particularly uh, the painful halachic distinction that's made around infants who are under 30 days and over 30 days and the death of a child. Um, and I think we just sort of wanted to acknowledge that this may be a particularly painful death for some of our co-learners. Um, and also that, you know, as much as we often say that uh, Judaism really gets it right with mourning, I think some of the halachot around this are, is a particular area of mourning that doesn't get it right for a lot of people. And so we sort of just want to acknowledge that and say that and sort of hold that space with everybody as we go through this daf today. Um, yeah, I think that it's a hard daf, no matter who you are, no matter what your experience, and then it's an even more impossible daf for some other people who, depending on your experience, um, we are not going to make light of that, and we are not going to uh, pussyfoot around the difficulties in this daf. But I will say, your data, I know you're going to start with the beginning, it doesn't open up that way, which is part of the reason we're opening it up that way. We don't want right. you to be surprised when we get there. Yeah, we, we wanted to acknowledge it ahead of time in case there's someone who needed to turn this off or something like that. Um, so um, we're going to go to, I, I just want to go through a section here with, again, we're talking about the halachot about Shabbat. And Shmuel gives us this nice little mnemonic, basically, to remember what do we have to do on Shabbat and what do we not do on Shabbat? Like, which of the morning rituals do we keep on Shabbat and which don't we? So pachaz hova, right? Pechet zayin are obligatory. Neter reshut. Nun tab resh are reshut. So pechet uh, zayin stands for priyat rosh, that's the pay. Chazarat kara, which is uh, the torn uh, garment, which is the chet. And zayin is zikifat hamita, putting the bed, uh, putting the bed upright. Um, that is a chova. And actually what we're talking about here uh, with the Chovah is that actually the Chovah is, is that some of the morning rites that you do, you don't do on Shabbat. The Rashut ones are Nun, which stands for Neilata Sandal, you can wear shoes or not wear shoes. Tav, which is Tashmi Samita, marital relations. And finally, Rechitzat Yadzaim is the Rish are optional. So what do we mean here? Pirat HaRosh Chazarat Kara LaHarav Zikifat Hamita. So uncovering your hair, meaning removing that head covering that the mourner had to wear, reversing the uh, tear to the back so that you can't actually see that your clothes were ripped, and putting your bed back upright, meaning into its usual position so it's not overturned. Chobat. Those are things you have to do on Shabbat. So again, we're seeing the struggle, according to Shmuel at least, of sort of, do you need to do sort of those outward signs of mourning, right, on Shabbat? And again, I think this speaks to sort of the communal piece of Shabbat. Shabbat is experienced as a community. And therefore, some of these outward signs of mourning, we basically say you're not allowed to do. It's a chobah. You actually have to remove that. Wearing shoes, marital relations, and washing your hands and feet, right, in warm water before Shabbat starts, uh, those are optional activities. Meaning if the mourner wants, he doesn't have to do them. If he does, he can do them. So it depends what you want to do. But Rav Amar, Apriyata Rosh 
Reb says even Priyaha Rosh is Rashut. In other words, if the mortar wants to keep that head covering on, they're allowed to. Right? So the question for Shmuel is why is wearing shoes optional? Because the reason why it is, is because presumably not everybody wears shoes. So therefore, it's not really a sign of mourning. Some people do walk around barefoot. Priyata Rosh Nami, Love Kule Ama Abdi Dimaglu Reshu. So the same thing should be true with uncovering your hair because not everybody uncovers their head. Some people always walk around with their heads being, you know, with something on their head. So it's also not a clear display of mourning. So why is one Rashut and one Chova? Shmuel Atame. So Shmuel has his answer. The Amr Shmuel, because Shmuel says, Kol no Bishat any sort of tearing of the clothing, rendering of the garment, that's not at the time of uh, 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 of the most intense grief. I love the word for it, chimum, which means like hot, right? It's not considered to be, you didn't actually fulfill the obligation of tearing your clothes. And any wrapping of the head, that's not like the wrapping of the Ishmaelim, meaning it's not just about putting something on your head, very particular, specific manner. And if it wasn't done in that manner, um, then, uh, you know, then, so it was a very, very visible sign. Then it's not considered to be atifa. And what's this wrapping? So it says, Rav Nachman demonstrated it (laughs) by covering up his face to the sides of the bureau. So I love this idea that there was sort of like a visual demonstration. Um, so, you know, so that was interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, so again, I think we're seeing that sort of you, uh, the, the community piece of Shabbat being balanced out with, uh, with morning, uh, with morning practices. So I'm just want to move on to one other piece here, which is sort of, um, I think a really human part of what's on this stuff. Right. Any time that you sort of tear the garments, it's not in the time of the intense pain is not considered to be like a proper uh, rending of the garments. OK. Uh, and so then the Gemara basically has a question or a comment on this. Right. When they said to Shmuel, that Rav passed away. And remember, Rav is like his bar paluta, it's his chavrusa, right? What happened? He tore 12 garments uh, on account of him. Um, and Amar, and he said, Azul Gabra Dahave Mispane Mine. Um, and um, and he said, the man of whom I was in fear, meaning because of his great learning, has gone and died. Um, and then they tell this other story. Um uh Amar Lay Rabbi Yochanan, right? They told Rabbi Yochanan, not the Rabbi Hanina. The Rabbi Hanina had passed away. Malta. So he tore 13 like expensive wool garments because of him, right? And also Amar, and he says, And again, he says, the man who was in fear is gone. Now, what the point is of this is, is that what the what, what's explained is, is that when Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan found out this news, it was not actually at the time of death. And yet, what do we see? They still, they tore Kriya still. And so then the Gemara concludes with Shani Rabbanan. It's different with sages. 
because they're teaching, because they're teaching emotions all the time. His shot chimum dummy. And therefore, it's like the most intense grief. And I think this really teaches us something beautiful. The people who we end up talking about all the time, right? Who, so in this case, it's the chachamim, right? It's it's sages because Rav's name is always going to be mem- mentioned. Rabbi Hanina's name is always going to be mentioned that actually that period of intense grief, grief actually lasts a very, very long time because this is a person who you're constantly going to be thinking about. And I just thought this was a beautiful passage about the nature of, you know, these very intense relationships that were built around Torah. And I think also the Gemara acknowledging that there are some people who die, who every time when you mention their name, it's, you know, it's painful. And particularly people who teach Torah, whose names hopefully will be mentioned, their Torah is going to be remembered and mentioned forever. Um, I think, I think that's, first of all, I think it's beautiful in the Gemara. And I think it's beautiful also in real life. I think this is part of what happens, meaning we see it in the Gemara, we see that Rav's name is continued and so on. And for Shmuel, that must have been a very different kind of poignancy and pain and, you know, loss. But I think also there's, when we talk about um, Rabbeim, not just people who are scholars and rabbis and knowledgeable and tzaddikim, but if it's your Rav, meaning in these cases, the, the, the dynamic between the two, the mourner and the person who's died is a very close relationship. And when you look up to somebody as your mentor, as your Rebbe, right? Then, and then if they pass away, when they pass away, then the rudder, so to speak, of your life is gone. And that's also the the constancy. Like you would always be looking to somebody for guidance, for for insight, for approval, for you know consult, consultation, that kind of thing. And now you can't. And I feel like that's also that's part of the what does it mean to to lose a rebbe or a a co learner in this de- to that degree, right? That of course they're going to tear their garments because, and of course it's going to be hot and fresh and painful because because that's the dynamic that is now going that that is no more. Right, I right. agree with I you. Agree I, with I, you. I, it's just I, a, it's a beautiful just passage beautiful. in the Gemara. All right, now let's get to what's difficult here. Okay, right, because that part wasn't hard. Um, okay, we have your teaching in the name of Rav Gidel Bar Menashe, and it goes as follows. Kol shloshim yom tinok yotze b'chik v'nikbar b'isha achat u'shnei anashim avalo b'isha achat u'shnei anashim. So it says that in the first 30 days after, now let's keep in mind, we're talking about a different era where infant mortality was unfortunately commonplace um, and, you know, growing to adulthood was not a, uh, the expectation. It might not be a given ever, but it's a different kind of expectation in our era of modernity. So it says in the first 30 days from the time of birth, if an infant then dies within those 30 days, the child is then taken out to burial bachik, um, in somebody's arms as opposed to in a in a coffin or or the like and then he's buried by one woman and two men and that's specifically the point is that you, there's no need or no requirement here of a minion and the gemara says and this is really the source of other halachot but he should not be taken out um or maybe not the source it's a reference to other halachot uh, by one man and two women 
because out there in the graveyard, that might be a concern of Yichud. And if I ever was puzzled about this particular number game, I would say that this example of it is really kind of shocking, right? Because we're talking about the burial of an infant of at least one of these women, right? So I'm not sure that seduction is really on anybody's mind. But okay, let's leave that aside. Again, it's a numbers game. It's kind of like stick to the rules um, when, even under these circumstances. That's why I say it's not really the source. It's the reference to it. Um, and the reference is really to Masachet Kiddushin, which we will get it to in due time. Abba Shaul makes this point, right? He says, you're talking about a time of mourning and you don't have to worry about Yichud at this time at all. You can even have one man and two women. And I think Abba Shaul gets it right, if I may be so bold to say that. And this is, I think, the part that we in our era find particularly difficult to, to countenance, the fact that the process here, the, the process of mourning does not include the rites of mourning that involve, you know, lining up and having a burial reception. I don't really know how to translate Shura here. Um, and, and there's no consolation, right? There's no Kaddish. There's no, it's a, just a different kind of thing. Um, and I think it's easy enough to say it was a different era and because of infant mortality being so common, there's, you know, this is kind of the, the I don't, I don't think it's ever said flippantly, but I think it's said a little bit more generally, you know, more comfortably like, well, you know, this, it, they had to keep it, you know, the, the element of mourning down to a minimum because it was too common. And at the same time, I feel like, okay, but I think every person who experienced this kind of loss, and especially if it was so common, then, then everybody knew that there's still some need for consolation, for, for nichum avelim. Um, again, they didn't ask me, um, but this is my sense that, that we nowadays react to this as being insufficient because people do know what loss is, even if it's less common, and people you know, mark the occasion and and in memorial in a very different kind of both ritual and acknowledging the seriousness of it for each person who suffers the loss. The Gemara goes on, Ben Shloshim, what about a 30-day-old infant? <coughs> Excuse me. The next bit, right? Meaning from zero to 30, we've just discussed, what about a 30-day infant who then dies, right? And that infant is taken out, Bedeluskama, in a coffin. Meaning, again, it's like a different status. It's a different standing, I guess. Rabbi Yehuda, even though still an infant. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Lod Luskama Hanitelet Baketef, Ella Hanitelet Baagapayim. So Rabbi Yehuda says, we're not talking about a coffin that would be carried on someone's shoulder, um, but rather two people are carrying this casket. Um, and again, it's there's something very gentle, I feel, about the, the recognition of what this loss is. And in this case, there is a shura. There is that consolation line. And they do say the mourner's blessing. And they do console the mourners during the week of mourning. So the difference between zero to 30 is perhaps there's a recognition that there was, you know, I don't know. It was going to, the child was never going to make it, perhaps. And 30 days is a different standing because... I don't know. It just it's more time, and and the baby made it that far. So, and then the next case is perhaps even you know more difficult. 
בין 12 חודש יוצא במיטה. A child, an infant, no longer an infant really, a child who dies at 12 months old is taken out for burial on a mita. I don't know what we call that in English. Dana, do you have a good word for this? Like it's a not, buyer. It's a bed. Like, isn't that the word? Yeah. A buyer. I don't even know. Meaning, yes, fine. Okay. Right. Meaning there's a funeral, funerary, funerary procession here, right? The point is that this is now the same treatment as an adult would would have. meaning the same measure of mourning, that kind of thing, the process towards burial. Rabbi Kiva Omer, hu ben shana v'averav keven shtayim, hu ben shtayim v'averav keven shana, yotzei b'mita. Says if you've got somebody who's, you know, a year old, and he looks like he's two years old, or he's two years old, and he looks like he's one years old, that one year old, then, then those cases, right, like you can have people who, look older than their age and look younger than their age. And either way, you still end up with this case of the, the buyer, right? That he's going to be taken out. Uh, is it a buyer or a beer? I'm sorry. I've, I feel like I've seen this word written all my whole life and I don't know how to pronounce it. So the point here is that we have, that Halacha acknowledges that even with, you know, infant and child mortality, there are different degrees of, I don't know how, how, what the expectation was for the child to survive. I think that's perhaps the best way to, to phrase it. I think the nervousness for the first 30 days always, you know, what, what might happen here? And then, and then people get a little more comfortable, right? And that's, then we begin to expect that the child will last and grow, you know, into adulthood. Um, and there is still nothing good about this. because no child should ever die, you know? And that's, that's the bottom line. Like it ends up being a question of theology or theodicy, right? Before even it's a question of how are we supposed to mourn? Um, and I think that the whole discussion of death, I, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but if not, now is a good time. Everybody should go read the book Being Mortal by, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Do you know, Yordana? Atol Gawande. Atol Gawande, yes. something like that, right? It's the, the Gemara treats death throughout this Masachet and elsewhere as part of life, right? There's a given and it's terrible and it's sad and we have halachot in place to, to do. We know what to do, right? And there are people, as I've said before, who find that to be very comforting and very useful. And I feel like in our day and age, it's so common for people to kind of turn aside from this aspect of life because it's not pleasant, because it's so hard, because it's scary, and people don't have the conversations and they don't want to think about it. And it ends up being a matter of like, I don't know, like it, it's just a different thing, I feel. Maybe not, every, maybe, you know, it probably depends on your upbringing and, and where you're coming from. But as compared to the Gemara's discussion, which I think is, I don't know, very down to earth, not flippant, not glib, but also, you know, recognizing that all of these elements of death are part of the human experience, whether you're losing a Rebbe or a God, you know, God forbid a Rebbe, God forbid a child. And I'll, I'll make one last comment before we wrap up. I'm also very struck by in this whole uh, parak, there actually isn't any discussion about theology. It's just a presentation of the halachot of mourning. And I think I, we haven't finished the Masachet yet and I haven't read ahead. But up until now, that's been the case. And I think we're actually being taught something like opining your theology or why things happened. 
it's not the time to do it when people are mourning. And I think that's why it's almost like it's just straightforward. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. There's no existential discussion that goes on here at all. Like, notice there's like almost no agadita here at all. It's just it's just straightforward halacha. And I think there's something to learn from that also about how we should treat mourners and talk to mourners. Um, that's you know we see by what's not in the text of the Gemara. Well said. That's our daft discussion of the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and let us hear what you know and what you think about this very sensitive, delicate, difficult stuff. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.